0: The moon was but a chin of gold a night or two ago, and now she turns her perfect face upon the world below. Her forehead is of amplest blonde, her cheek a barrel hewn, her eye unto the summer dew, the likest I have known. Her lips of amber never part, but what must be the smile? Upon her friend she could confer, were such her silver will. And what a privilege to be, but the remotest star. For certainty she took her way beside your palace door. Her bonnet is the firmament, the universe her shoe, the stars, the trinkets at her belt, her dimities of blue. Welcome to Millennial Mystics, a podcast about modern mysticism and the people making it theirs. Together, we explore all angles of mystical subjects
1: for both beginning and advanced practitioners and bring marginalized voices front and center.
0: Prepare to laugh, learn, and decondition. So grab a pen and your grimoire and let's get going. So today...
1: We're talking about the moon and the reason we're talking about the moon as one of our first episodes is because not just because it's so integral to mysticism and all its forms, but because you'll be able to guess what the topic of the week is going to (laughs) be because (laughs) we're going to be releasing episodes according to the significance of those weekly moon phases.
0: Yes, at least we're going to try. Um, It's... I'm looking forward to going over it and it's kind of like for me, it's a wonderful way to organize topics and um, kind of get a cadence for my own rhythms during the course of a month. Um, and I think that this will probably resonate for if we have reflectors listening out there that, you know, there'll be different ways to digest things during various moon phases. Um so yeah, looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, so basically, yeah,
1: we're gonna touch on the different the different phases and like what they're typically associated with, <clears throat> and go from there. So I'm excited because this is, it's something that um I'm aware of and I know the basics of. You know, I um <clears throat> I learned about it primarily through um Dr. Carolyn Elliot, who's um, of Witch Magazine. So Mm. we'll link to that too, but she's, that was my first exposure to it was really like she talks about it in the context of spellcasting and for her spellcasting is really synonymous with manifestation. And so she talks about how the different moon phases kind of coordinate with that, but Kaylee's got a really interesting view of spellcasting and the moon phases and how those go together. So I'm excited. This is going to be like Kaylee talking a lot, me asking some questions
0: because I'm still such a newbie at this. So Yeah, well, you're so good at asking the questions. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah. Plus, I mean, like the beautiful thing about the moon, and I think that this will kind of resonate for everyone, is that it is fairly ubiquitous even if you don't identify – As a mystic of any sort, it's something that all people, no matter what, when they see it in the the sky, they go, oh, look, the moon, you know, or, oh, my God, the moon. And, you know, like, did you see it tonight? And it's been a method for tracking time since we sort of decided that time existed. Um, And... It's it's universal for for not just humans. It's it's universal for our planet. You know, we can't think of Earth without having a moon. So, yeah, I'm
1: actually read that um the oldest lunar calendars and like earliest con- constellations and stuff that had been identified in cave art. Oh like yeah, with, yeah. Like I mean, we're talking like I think the earliest documentations of the heavens, I think they go back to like literally like something like 32,000 BC. So Mm -hmm. yeah, like, I mean, we're talking like this is, the moon phases are synonymous with humanity really. And it's like our first concept of time. And that was the only concept of time for a long while. I mean, I think our, our calendar now, I mean, that's Roman times is when they really came up with that system of the 365 days or 365 point, what point four, I believe. I don't Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's my uh, understanding of it. That was like, the Romans, the Egyptians, it was that time because that's, you know, we had Caesar Augustus and that's how we have August and yada yada. Yeah, so. well,
0: yeah, when we started, when we moved <sighs> from um, a lunar focus to a solar focus, um, but the, the moon still holds strong in how we track the year, how we track the seasons. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I it doesn't matter if you cast spells or not. I know that the moon is important to you listener so yeah i know that there's a lot of like urban
1: legend around um, moon phases even now like there's still some like you know i think they that nurses have said that they get more patience around the full moon or you know i know that um people have said that in institutions like people get more agitated around certain moon phases and you know, we also obviously also have like those cultural signifiers of like werewolves and things like that. Like, you know, the moon's the moon is has such a such a significance to so much. Mm-hmm.
0: What? He said, ow.
1: <laughs> Perfection. So so yeah, I mean like and I, I think that even the I mean everybody knows the visual of like a witch flying in front of a full moon. So Oh
0: sure, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what, uh, what would you say is your sort of like personal connection with the moon? Since I, you know, I kind of tap into it more for spell work. You have, um, more of a different perspective on it. So for me, I mean, you
1: remember where my childhood bedroom was like in our house, it kind of stuck out from the rest of the house. Um, and so I had, and I had like sliding glass doors that like went out to our backyard pool area. So for me, like, I mean, growing up in a house of, well, I was one of four kids. So it's like six people in the house for most of my life. And the only time I ever got any kind of privacy was at night in my bedroom. Because if we were awake, it was like, you got to be part of the family. You got to do this. You have chores. You got this and that. So nighttime was my, was my time. So I was always like staying up way too late. I was like reading until all hours of the night. So the moon was always kind of my companion, you know, mm. I just like yeah. was always conscious of, of its presence. So, I mean, that's, that's really been like, I guess the thing that signifies to me. And I remember my earliest real understanding of the moon there, we had these books um, and it was like, a kid's world. It had some name, like a kid's world of this or that. And so there, I had one book that was like, it was like one of those things where it's like every page was a new topic. So I had one on insects, I had one on animals, and I had one on space. And, um, and I read these things like cover to cover, like <laughs> as a child, yeah. I just love them so much. And I remember reading a legend in the page about the moon in my, uh, space book that said, that was talking about the different like um, little like legends and stuff from different cultures about what the moon is. So just like, you know, we joke in America, in America, that the moon is made of cheese. So I had read it and I believe it was in Japan. I don't know if it's Japan or China, but like they had said that the shadow of the moon, they would say that it was a rabbit or a bunny making rice cakes and it was so funny because when I read that, I, I like looked up and I was like, yeah, I, can, I see that. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> see that. Yeah. I'm like, that, that's definitely a bunny, definitely making rice cakes. So, I mean, like I've had a fascination with it. It's been my friend over the years. And, you know, once I, once I went full womb. I mean, I'll, I'll do little things like I'll charge my crystals at the full moon. And I recently, like within the past few months, I tried um, moon bathing which mm. is, which was like so like luxuriating. I was, wasn't expecting it to be um, as interesting and cool of an experience as I thought. I literally went up, this is when I was living in my last apartment. I went up to our roof by the pool in the summer and I was like naked under a robe. So I was like, okay, let me make sure no one's up here. And so then I was like, exposing my naked body without <laughs> anybody coming by i was like as thankfully nobody came by uh, but i was doing it like being a little scandalous on my roof here in dc for a while i remember telling ian i was like i'm gonna go up and moon bathe and he was like um a what is moon bathing b where are your clothing <laughs> where's your clothes <laughs> and I was like it's all a part of what i'm doing okay it's just like it's just a full moon ritual he was
0: like okay, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> like
1: whatever. That's fine.
0: I wish it was warmer so, in Massachusetts. I would do it more.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's definitely like cool. It's one of those things that, um, you know, I'm excited to one day, like wh- that's one of the reasons I'm excited to one day have a house, not an apartment, you know? Yeah. I'll be naked in my backyard
0: all the time, but definitely. Or just move to notice. a city where it's, you know, where nipples aren't illegal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's my long-winded answer. The moon has been my constant companion.
0: How did you? How did you come across moon bathing? Where did you? Um, Lacey Phillips, you know, to mm-hmm. be magnetic.
1: She's got a full moon workshop, and I worked my way through that. Uh, it's a manifestation course for those of you guys who are interested in that, and it's phenomenal. I love it. So she's got like a few full moon rituals that I think are really cool. And so that was one of them. I was like, oh, that sounds lovely. So I tried that out.
0: Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, naked rituals are definitely always wonderful, especially if you get to be a little silver under the moon. Yeah, I'm all about naked anything, so. Oh, for sure. Um, One of the things that I think is really interesting when it comes to the moon, too, is um, speaking of nakedness. I guess. Um, actually, no, I don't want to say that. Um, I don't know how to trans- transition into this. I want to talk about gender and the moon and like the gendering of deities associated with it, but I'm not sure how oh, to transition oh, into that's that.
1: Good. Yeah. Well,
0: here we go. I'll I'll I'll
1: pitch you. Okay.
0: Thanks. Cool.
1: So that all that being said with my nakedness, with like the moon just being kind of friendly, not, not as um, only recently coming into practices for me. Um, Kaylee, I know you have a lot of knowledge about like goddesses and like gods around, like mythology around the moon and like the concept of gender in the moon, which I think is really fascinating before we get into the moon phases. I would love to hear more about that.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, lunar deities are, are pretty common across pretty much all mythologies. Um, you have some sort of explanation for the moon. And by and large, it's um, usually female ident- um, sort of identifying uh, deities. Um, but one of my sort of favorite traditions that turns it around is Shinto um, from Japan um their sun deity is um a woman and their moon deity is man and their brother and sister um and the whole mythology between the two of them is absolutely fascinating so um her name is amaterasu and his name is sukuyomi um and so amaterasu had sent her brother tsukuyomi to earth to check on um their like various um gods that answer to them and one in particular her name is ukemochi and she's the goddess of food in shinto and um she had, in, like, honor of Tsukuyomi coming to visit and check on all of the work that she had been doing for Earth, Um she, like, through various rituals, like, she basically, like, barfed up food for him and, like, created this huge spread of, of delicious foods, but he was so disgusted by it. He actually killed her on the spot.
1: Wow. And that's, that
0: is an, that is an overreaction. It's a, it's a gross overreaction. All you had to do is, you (laughs) know, like you didn't have to take the food. And, um, her story is that her body became various things um across the land of Japan, that her eyebrow her eyebrows became silkworms and um, you know, like all sorts of various crops. Her pubic mm. hair became um game, like uh beasts and stuff and uh goals. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. And one of the th- so her Story came to me because of Corn Mother. The story of Corn Mother from my tribe is um, very similar, in that her um, body, like she, she basically asked her husband um, to kill her so that their children, my people, could survive. And so she gave him very explicit instructions, and um, basically had to have him flay her body across a. a Field and from her corn and tobacco and all sorts of things wow. that are sacred to to my people grew from her body um so yeah so ukimochi came up from this same sort of mythology and to tie this back into the moon tsukuyomi um amaterasu found out that he had done this and so she banished him and that's why the sun and moon ah. don't meet and yeah salty
1: still salty very salty I mean
0: like do you blame her no not at all why did you why did you do that Tsukuyomi come on yeah like chill bruh yeah can't no chill (laughs) um so so yeah there's I mean there's always rich mythology that's just one of my personal favorites um but uh typically by and large um lunar deities are are female Yeah,
1: I've noticed that. And I've also noticed just anecdotally, so many women I know feel a really powerful connection with the moon. And I think, you know, I think that that's probably somehow linked to our cycles or, um, and I will say, uh, women identifying and um, anybody who menstruates as well, I think there's like a connection with the moon because our cycles, you know, kind of follow a similar pattern of like that 28 days, that cyclical nature. And I know personally, I know, um, at least one person who after getting divorced changed when she w- changed her last name, she didn't change it back to her maiden name. She changed it to Luna. Which she really? Like, wow. Yes. Isn't that so cool? Little fun wow. fact. If you get divorced and you change your name, you can change it to whatever you want. So love it. Love yeah. it. And That's another friend idea. is, she's considering the same last name. Like once her divorce finalizes, which I think is just so
0: empowering and cool. Yeah. So basically we should just all change our last names to Luna and, you know, all become family instead. Um, One thing that's interesting to me in regard to that. So um, there is um, Alyssa, uh, I'm going to butcher her last name, Bitti, Vitti, Alyssa Vitti, who wrote, um, oh, Crumbs. what is that book? Um her app is my Flow app, and then she has a couple of different books um in the flow is the newest one, and then the other one is it's like the book if you menstruate um i think wasn't I think she was um recently on the expanded
1: podcast like past Lisa woman months. code that's it woman code yeah.
0: Um, so woman code and in the flow um at any rate she talks about um female biochemistry and instead of the circadian rhythm the infradian rhythm and the infradian Mm. rhythm is on like on a 28 day basis um but that also kind of ties in with the moon very Mm. closely um and a lot of people who bleed will find that their um, bleed days usually sync up with certain phases of the moon. Um, so yeah, it's I mean there's there's definitely good reason why there yeah. is such a close connection with um, that and the moon, um, which is funny because we're both menstruating right now as we record this. That is true.
1: (laughs) TMI. Never. You can't can't expect to show up to like a witchy podcast about the moon and not hear about periods. I'm gonna. I'm gonna
0: talk about my blood a lot. Yeah, that's. There will be. There will be an episode where we talk about using um, menstrual blood in spells.
1: Yes, I'm not oh going to talk God. about it now,
0: but we will talk about it later. I yes, it's it's wonderfully powerful, and if you use a cup, you should absolutely save it. It oh saves it very well, <laughs> and your plants love it. But like really, said, yes, oh, okay. another well, episode. We'll save it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, definitely rich mythology around the moon. Um, And closely tied to femininity, I mean, like, Diana is a goddess that's very closely related to it. Selene, obviously. Um, Luna, who is um, the Roman translation of... Actually, she's kind of related to all of them. She's the triple Mm. goddess. Um, Yeah. But she's pretty close to Diana Hecate. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Very rich stuff. I mean... yeah. The moon is
1: just like so synonymous with all of this. I mean, it, you can't really talk about one without delving into yeah. the moon. And
0: I mean, as far as you know, spell work goes, you really can kind of play with a lot. You know, you want to be careful with, you know, which gods and goddesses you're playing with, just because one, you need to be familiar with whoever you're um petitioning to, and two, um, you want to be Careful of where they come from and which cultures they are, and you don't want to appropriate anything that isn't yours. Um, but if you're doing spells, it's so easy to work with the moon, just because there is such a natural rhythm to it. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, I mean, like, I, I really stick with the sort of analogy of growing crops. Just because the moon is so useful in in agriculture, it's been so um, closely tied to harvest and and planting seasons and things like that. Um, So I I personally like to keep with that analogy when I think of the energy that goes into working with the moon. Um, It's a really good shorthand, I'll say, because you shared this with me
1: and like, I haven't heard an easier way to remember it because for me, it's harder for me to remember like, okay, like full moon, then this moon, then this moon. Like I forget, it's hard. Like I'll get full moon and new moon energy mixed up sometimes. Mm. And like, cause I feel like um, when you're a newcomer to it, there are some assumptions you make that aren't necessarily like like you would think they're common sense, but it's almost like the opposite. Like full moon is like full moon party, which is true, but it's also really about reflection. So right. so yeah, like I completely get that. Um and like re- like I forget, I would forget like you know, when do you release versus set new intentions and stuff. So your analogies oh, are yeah. really are really helpful Absolutely. for all of
0: that. And yeah. we're gonna get into the 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 names of them too and the difference between like the new moon and the dark moon. Um And all of that sort of good stuff. So the way that I view spells i don't really do sort of like one and done where you sit down at an altar once and light a candle and do your thing and move on i really treat them more like plants so the analogy the agricultural analogy and the energy of the moon being related to crops really does translate pretty directly for me in the way that i construct spells so um yeah, I treat them, you want to nourish them because the m- more energy that you put into it, the stronger that they grow. And the stronger that they grow, the greater yield you'll get from your spell. Um, so to get into it, I'll, I'll list the phases in the order that I use them in the spell. I will um, start a spell on the new moon, typically. Uh, then after the new moon, you have the waxing moon. After the waxing phase is the full moon phase. After full moon is the waning phase. And then you move into the dark moon. So So. could you,
1: I know we're going to get into it. Yes. But the new moon is like black. Like you can't see anything, right? Yeah. No.
0: So the new moon is actually the slightest little fingernail sliver of the very, Ah. very, very start of the moon. Okay, see, that's. I, I was just curious because, like, you
1: know, everybody knows what a full moon looks like, but, you know, just wanted to clarify. So,
0: now the dark moon is, I cannot see the moon at all. Uh, um, okay. Whereas, so during the new moon, the moon is uh, furthest away from Earth in its orbit. Um, and I typically measure this as the three days after the moon's light is measured around 0%. So the three days after 0%. Um, For me, it's, or well, in general, it's considered the beginning of the lunar cycle. And for me, it's for manifesting newness. So if you have a spell that you haven't started yet, its energy is best started um, at this new moon in that three-day window. So like You don't have to get it at a particular percent, you know, so long as you're in that energy window. Um, I do know people who like to work with numbers. So if you're particular about certain numbers, like I personally work a lot with um, a lot of the numbers in the Fibonacci sequence. So um, I might pick one of those as a percentage, but you don't have to. It is not required to get that nitty gritty. Or you can be wow. like me who's like doing her spell work with Cheeto dust on her fingers. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those. So, I mean, color yeah. psychology, you know, the yeah. orange means <laughs> plenty of stuff for you. Mm, the white cheddar is where it's at. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm not a snack food connoisseur.
1: <laughs> oh. oh,
0: I am. So. Um, we'll have to do a separate episode of uh, snack food magic. Yeah. Um, well, that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: if, if it's not yet, yeah, we'll make it. We're going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then get sponsored by Cheetos. <laughs> Endless Cheetos for life. That's my goal here. Oh my gosh. I, uh, I'd don't be even. so fat. I'd, I can't even go there. Yeah. Oh my no. gosh. But okay. And um, where can people, where can people check the phase of the moon? I know so, I've used MoonGiant.com. Do
0: you have a source that you like? Yes. Uh, so there is an app now. This is, as far as I understand, iOS only, um, and it is literally just called Moon. Um, hmm. Yeah. I mean, let me let me double check who the developer is, um, so that you know that you're getting the actual one that that I'm using. But What I love about it is that it gives you an alert on the new moon and the – or at the start of the new moon and then on the full moon. Mm. And um, the – I don't want to spoil it at all, but the alerts that you get, you are not ready for. (laughs) <laughs> like it is wild like you think some of the the stuff that CoStar says to you is wild wait until you get this app this app is absolutely phenomenal so, my yeah, beef with
1: CoStar is that they're sh- they're shaming me i feel like they shame me with some of their shit they're like don't get so pissed off today bitch and it's like excuse me you don't know my life i mean not literally but you know so Co-Star, are they co-star is rude
0: as fuck yeah, that, it's so it. rude. Oh, stars, yeah. fucking rude. Um, which I know is like their thing, but they're fucking rude. Um, so Moon is Moon is not rude, or are they just are they blunt? Like, what's their tone? If you do you want like, me to spoil want- it, or do you want to download it? Uh, I'm not spoiling it. I'm not spoiling it.
1: Okay, fine, fine. Just, just download, download it, guys. It.
0: Okay. Like, so if it's, if it's any consolation, if it helps <laughs> at all, I don't have CoStar on my phone. I do have this app on my okay, phone. Okay, okay. And okay, I've that's... had this app longer than CoStar. Okay. has existed. That so, makes sense. So it's Moon, all capital letters, current moon phase, and the developer is Charlie Dietz. And I think that we can okay. probably link to that in this episode. I fucking love this app. It is so good. Okay. Um, so you can check the current phase. It'll tell you um, which phase it is. So on the preview that they have on the App Store, it shows waxing crescent, 18%, new moon in 24 days, full moon in 10 days. So you can really like, oh, nice. yeah, it's yeah. it's very useful that way. You can look up what the moon f- phase was on any date. So if you want to know what it was on your birthday, you can look it up. If you want to look That's it up. Cool you know other significant dates anniversaries all that jazz yes you can look it up that's cool Um, okay i'm gonna switch to that i mean moon
1: is fine but like that's pretty cool and that's uh, this app is great
0: and it's also just pretty it only opens up like when you first open it up it just shows the night sky with the moon in the um phase that it's in and then you scroll through the app to get all of the like number details and things like that um yeah it's beautiful and then like i said the alerts I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it because I love them. Yeah, tell Um, us on
1: Instagram. We'll look forward to it. Or on Twitter because that's where Kaylee is and she'll be yelling. Yeah, into the wall. Anyway, yeah, tell me.
0: <laughs> all right, so um, let's get into these phases. Then let's talk. Yes, yeah. So during the new moon phase, the moon is furthest away from Earth in its orbit. Um, I typically measure this as the three days after the moon's light is measured at zero mm, okay. percent. So it's a three-day window, which is why I went on my diatribe about percentages and all of that. It's you've got time to work with new moon energy in that three days. So you, if it's like landing on a Thursday, and you're like, "Fuck," I cannot do a spell on a Thursday. I, I really, I just have to get to bed. Like I can't do this. Um, a, you can do it during the day when you have time. Does not have to be at night. B, uh, you can wait a couple of days if you want to do it on Saturday or Friday. Like doesn't matter. You know, just take a look at it. It's the three days after 0%. Mm, okay. um, and for manifesting or for just spells in general this is when you would start new spells um so if you've already started a spell you're not checking in on it at this phase unless you need to take a different approach um this is so is, is this like planting the seeds then it is exactly planting our seeds ah, yes yeah we go. so after the new moon phase you move into the waxing moon where the moon's light Sort of looks like it's growing in the sky. Um, This period will cover the crescent moon that everybody knows, you know, that nice sort of Cheshire cat smile, um, all the way through the first quarter, which is when it's directly half dark and half light, um, past that to the gibbous. So, crescent, I think, is a term that everybody can understand as far as like a crescent roll, like a crescent roll for you Americans out there. Yeah, <laughs> a co- a croissant, which for doesn't
1: the- <laughs> for Europe. My my mouth doesn't make French noises. Sorry.
0: I like listening to you try though. Yeah, um. a croissant. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the first quarter is you can think of it like splitting the moon in half, um, and. Uh, then you have the gibbous. And gibbous is a term that kind of refers to like a pregnant belly. Oh. So not a perfect ball, but like a, a partial.
1: So I have to admit something, and it's kind of embarrassing because um, until you just said it, for some reason, I've been thinking it was Gibbons moon, like the monkey. So um, <laughs> I'm a little... <laughs> This whole time I've been like, what is, oh, okay, the Gibbons moon. <laughs> um, so hello, yes, I'm a co-host on a witch podcast been <laughs> calling it a Gibbons moon. So,
0: so I, now I, I have, know. <laughs> I have the distinct impression that you are not alone. I am not laughing at you guys. That is just like, I'm not, I'm also not surprised because it's not a word that we use a lot. It really right. is only used now in regards to the moon, so
1: yeah. Okay, but that's a uh, that's a good visual, I guess. us like being like you know, like pregnant. Like, you you. There's no way to be a total circle when you're pregnant, so.
0: Right. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, so yeah, the waxing moon encompasses from crescent to gibbous. So okay. it's a it's a week long or about a week long, um, and during that phase, because the light is growing in the sky it's um a really good time for manifesting growth for something that already exists in your life Mm -hmm. um so like if you have a business and you want to drum up more business or if you're looking to expand into a different kind of market but you're still doing it under the same business um or if you have a family and you want to grow your family um Mm -hmm. You, you you can use that uh, waxing moon, that whole phase to, to do that. Um, I would say the height of that is probably the first quarter when it's directly split in half. Um, but you can kind of think of it, you can play with between the crescent and the gibbous, like if it's something that is just a fledgling idea that you're trying to grow more play with it in the crescent if it's something that's pretty pretty well developed but you want to jump into a new phase the first quarter is really good and if it's um something that you've been building but you want to get it over that last hurdle the gibbous is great for that Mm, I like that. I'm going to keep that in mind. Yeah. So um, it's also good for existing projects that or existing spells that you have that need a jolt. So if you've started something in a previous month um, and you're checking in on it and you're like, okay, the first couple of weeks I, I started seeing progress, but like, I feel like it's plateaued a little bit check in on the spell that you created depending on how you do it um and we can get into spells in another episode but um whatever you put together for it check in on it then sort of you know reanimate it you can play with moon water that way um and i'll make a note on what moon water is and and all of that when we get through all the rest of the phases um but yeah so anything that needs a little bit of a jolt. Um, And so for the sort of agricultural uh, analogy, this is when we water our seedlings. So Mm. just those nice tender little plants, um, that's when we're watering them. I like them, watching them grow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that project, You, you
1: remember that project in the third grade where we had to plant seeds and just document them for
0: class, that was it. Yeah, I remember drawing them and everything.
1: Yeah. That was the only part
0: that I
1: liked about it. Yeah. I planted sunflowers with my dad. And I remember, um, like I kept it going long enough that like one of the sunflowers got a flower on it and Mm -hmm. I was like so excited. And then she announced it to the class and I was like, no, I don't (laughs) want to be singled out. Oh no. (laughs) Um, But anyway, yeah. So that's my tangent, but anyway, so that, that would bring us then to the full moon then. That's correct. Place? Yes, okay.
0: which we are all very, very familiar with—the light of the full moon. Um, so it's literal light in the darkness. You know, you have nighttime, and it just brings this beautiful silvery glow. It is reflection of the sun. So there's a lot to read into it, and that's why the full moon has such a, a potent effect on. Any sort of spellcraft and mysticism, mysticism. The full moon really does tend to be like the end all, be all for a lot of people, um, and like that's the thing: is people who don't even practice magic, everybody oohs and ahs at the moon. Um, so it's in the. Sp- sort of perspective of bringing light into darkness full moon energy has lots of hope it has lots of optimism which is why a lot of people associate it with you know celebration and extra energy and like that's a thing for me i don't sleep quite as well around the full moon unless i have some way to burn off energy Mm. um Hi, I'm a generator. Yeah, I was just <laughs> gonna say, like, yeah, very, yeah, like it's it's a creative period of time, but it's also very frenetic. Like, I feel like I don't have a lot of control over what I'm creating. Like, I just have to have an outlet to to burn off energy, um, and it's kind of a different sort of beginnings for certain spells. A lot of people do start spells at full moons. And the kind of spells that I would suggest starting at that are things that you need to shine extra light on or that you need to personally reflect on.
1: Hmm. So
0: um, we will, in um, the course of this, podcast be using full moons as an opportunity to shine light on subjects that are either um, ignored or purposefully um, written off in regards to mysticism, right? So we're going to be using it as not only a reflective time, but a time to shine light. Um, And you can... Approach that energy for your own shit. So if you're doing shadow work, um, you can do that during the full moon if you need to bring parts of that to light. Um, it's, it's like a flashlight in the dark. Um, it is a little unwieldy as far as energy goes. It's just because it's so potent and frenetic. Um, it can be a little hard to channel so i personally typically do not start things on the full moon i will usually check in on them and check in on myself um, and use it as a time of reflection for what i'm putting out into the world and what i'm um like doing for my own self-development um but, uh, so yeah, I do not typically start spells on full moons, but I can understand why people do use that energy for that. Um, it's kind of like a live wire. It can be, it can yeah. be for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sorry. Were you going to ask a question? No, would you know, I was going to say, um, <clears throat>
1: with, um, with full moon energy, I was going to say like, is there a any benefit or any difference? Like, you know how sometimes you see different kinds of full moons, so they'll be like, oh, it's like this kind of full moon or that kind of full moon, like a cornflower moon or a red moon or, you know, every so often you'll see like little news headlines that are like, this weekend's uh, blue cornflower moon or whatever the fuck they come up with. Yeah. Um, do those add any other benefits or is it just kind of like, oh, it is what it is?
0: I'm really, really glad that you asked that. Um, so I will start by saying that it should be approached very trepidatiously when you start saying things like such and such type of moon, Mm. because they are typically appropriated. So before you start saying it, before you start using it, find out where it's from and find out if it's something that you can use. Um... Mm. So be very careful on that. Um, but that being said, there is immense value in paying attention to the season that the full moon is in because moon phases and moon tracking are season oriented. Um, and the way that I personally do that is by tracking the astro- the um, astrology related to it. So whatever sun sign you're in, you're in the opposite for your moon sign on the full moon. Hmm. Um, so like say, so right now we are in the um, season of Taurus and the full moon for uh, Taurus is Scorpio. So pay attention to Scorpio energy and the light of the full moon. So in that case, um, that full moon, we haven't gotten there yet, but it's coming very soon. Um, will be here by the time that this episode airs. So all of you out there can use this information after stepping away from this episode. Um, use that for transformation, you know, shining light on things that you need to transform. Um, or on things you need to let go of really incorporate that sort of death aspect, shine light on what you need to let go of in your life. Um, or. If you have a spell, time to um, sort of like cut ties with things that are holding it back. Mm.
1: Okay. So like kind of releasing releasing um, bad habits or patterns, like, or maybe even like limiting
0: beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like there are There's plenty of good opportunity to do that, but Scorpio energy is so potent in that um, Mm. that, yeah, it's going to be easier to see what you need to approach that um, and use that energy for. I It'll love it. Much so, that's, so
1: that's a really easy guide. So like whatever sun season we're in, like sun sign season, you just like what whatever the full moon is, it's going to be the opposite.
0: Right. So and then the then new moon go, is going yeah. to be the – it's going to be the coordinate. So we just had um, – a few days before recording this, we just had the, um, Taurus new moon. Um, Ah. so yeah, that's a really good shorthand. That's a
1: good way of remembering it. Cause I always just like, didn't really understand it when I would see astrology things. It's Oh, like full moon in this. I was like, how do they know? I never noticed that it was like just the
0: direct opposite
1: sign that makes sense. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Direct opposite. And so if, um, those of you who listen to the astrology episode um, look at your chart and see that your um, sun sign is one and your moon sign is the exact opposite. You were born on a full moon and congratulations. Oh, that's um, so cool. And it's, it, it can be kind of complicated to marry that energy, but that we'll get into, into another episode. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, pretty it can be very potent there is a lot that you can do a lot of folks will make moon water on the full moon i think it's appropriate to make moon water at any of these phases just depending on the energy but the full moon is what most people work with i think it's also the most obvious so it's easier to remember oh i see the full moon i should probably go do all yeah. of this witchy shit that i like you yeah. know and if you you know live somewhere that's more populated. It's harder to pay attention to the moon phases just because the light pollution it's harder to to notice them. It's also i mean like moonrise isn't always at night, so you're not going to necessarily notice it unless you're trying to pay attention every day mm-hmm. yeah um, so moon water is
1: that is that the thing where it's like you put a crystal in water, charge it in the
0: moonlight. Is that, what, is that what moon water is or is it something else? Uh, that is kind of what moon water is. I will say do not put crystals in your water um, unless you are very well versed in um, crystal knowledge just because many of them are quite poisonous. Mm. So um, you will leach things like heavy metals and other toxins from your crystals into the water. So please don't put your crystals in your water. Um, you can take a mason jar and place the crystal on top of it uh um, ah, okay but the other thing is i i would just in general be um making sure that you're educated on um crystal magic because not all crystals are well activated by the full moon some are are better activated by other phases um or daytime or things like that so mm. um full moon charging crystals is not across all kinds of crystals. We're going to need an episode on crystals then. We'll need a separate episode on crystals for sure. Um, But what I typically do for moon water is I just take a mason jar and put water on the windowsill so that the light of the moon hits the water overnight, and then take it out before sunrise so that Uh, the light of the sun does not hit it, and then keep it somewhere dark. If you are comfortable in canning and all sorts of, you know, sanitary practices with that, um, you can drink your water. Otherwise, I would typically use it like you would, like a um, Christian person would use holy water. You would use it to cleanse objects or um, you can use it to literally water plants. Um, Yeah something We've like plant. that. We got a plant that's struggling right now. Her name's Octavia, so maybe I'll try <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Some moon water will probably help depending on what it is. And to kind of keep that analogy going, the full moon is when we give thanks for our crops. So um, anything, if you're making moon water at the full moon, um, you can use that moon water as like a, um, an offering because it's for giving thanks.
1: Mm. Um,
0: so it's, it's something that you can definitely often use for offerings. Um, the other thing that I really like to use moon water for, and this I try and coordinate the energy of the phases with, is um, candle magic. So if you're using a pillar candle, like the glass seven-day candles, you actually want them to always be sitting in a little like bowl of water. Um, a, it's just safety uh but b it nourishes the energy of the candle and kind of keeps it balanced um Mm. and so i use moon water for that okay cool yeah so
1: so um after the full moon now we're getting into the waning moon phase i believe yeah yes that one makes sense because it's like waning it's slimming down waning off
0: exactly um so yeah that's when the light starts to fade away this um period encompasses the waning gibbous down to the waning crescent so it goes the the opposite direction okay um with the third quarter in the center and the energy for this is really good for removing things from our life Uh, so this would be Um, good for like spells of decrease Spells of decrease, absolutely. Gotcha. Um, it's kind of like a literal and figurative cleaning of house. Okay. So things that are um, that you shined a light on during the full moon, things that you got clarity on from that extra light, that'll give you the momentum to start clearing away the things that you found that you don't want.
1: I love um, that.
0: Yeah, so if you found something during the course of the full moon that you really need to let go of, like – You'll probably find during the Scorpio full moon um, that's coming. The next phase is really the best time to start doing work to remove it. Um, so it's good for healing. It's good for detoxification. Um, it's it's also very good for um, energy around detoxification, um, healing old wounds. It's especially good. For uh, forgiveness and releasing things that we are thankful to have had in our life but don't need anymore, and can move on to to help others. Like if you if you did um, the Con Marie method, thank your objects and send them on their way. I was um, just gonna
1: say this is very um like it's like declutter energy, but it's just in different parts of our lives. Like whatever you need at that point,
0: right? And you can't. I mean, like. I actually, because I'm a nerd like this, have a cleaning schedule based on moon phases. Of course you do. <laughs> um, so like certain um, certain things I'll do typically around that like I'll go through and make sure everything in my refrigerator is um, not expired. You know I'm gonna make and- you. I'm gonna make you write this up into a PDF for our show notes,
1: right? Like I'm oh, gonna make you. Oh yeah. man, okay. Yeah. You mentioned it, so now people are gonna want it. So I'm now I have, have to have, to have, have do my it. moon cleaning schedule.
0: Yeah. You mm-hmm. guys are so lucky.
1: <laughs> um, I need that too. Like to be honest, you know, yeah. you know my
0: cleaning issues. So. Not for the episode. Yeah. Um, that that is absolutely a surface that, yeah. Oh, okay, so
1: then rewind. but so, it's yeah, but
0: no, no, no. So I oh. mean, like we can keep that in the episode. That can be like my freebie that you can have this cleaning schedule because I'm not coming in and do your fucking cleaning. like no, 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 the cleaning right? schedule. yeah. right. So you can have the cleaning schedule, but making sure that your life is aligned with these things, that's my job that you can okay. have the cleaning schedule because I am not cleaning your fucking house. Uh, okay.
1: Let me, can I um cue us back into that? Yeah. Because I'm going to say that. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad because like we all need that cleaning schedule, especially me. And um, like, you're pretty good at keeping keeping house. And this is also like, it's a service you actually provide is like helping people get their homes in alignment. But, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, that's the thing is that I, I try to keep space energetically aligned and so like you know mindful decluttering beyond the KonMari method you know she has she actually so she used to work in a shinto shrine and oh, really yes yeah, so um there is spirituality in her practice but yeah for me i i like take it a step further and, and consciously include spirituality in um decluttering and all of that so yeah, you lucky ducks. I'll 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 type up a a cleaning schedule for you.
1: <laughs> and if you need help taking it further, you can find our girl.
0: You can yeah. You know where you know where to, know where to get me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, and then it's also um really good for putting energy out in the world. So if you um you know want to deal with anything to do with volunteering or um. Donations, things like that. The waning moon energy is usually when we can have more energy for service to others. Mm. Um, Kind of in that same vein of like giving
1: away. That's
0: like what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about um, you know charity and giving. The thing about this too, like to keep with the analogy of um, crops, is this is when we clear our fields for the next round of crops for the wintering Mm -hmm. of the field and almost always when we have a clearing of a field was when we have our harvest celebrations. So I personally find that that more extroverted giving energy is accessible in the waning phase of the moon more so than it is for me in the full moon. The full moon is really more like introspective for me.
1: And that's interesting. That's exactly what I was talking about before about how some of these moon phases, like you would make certain guesses, you would think like, "Oh, decrease waning moon. This is a time to like go, like to pull away." But really, it's a time to like go out.
0: It can be. It can be for sure. It's it's very easy to access that more charitable energy, and like I personally really enjoy um, you know anything where I'm hosting or giving and around that that particular moon phase. All right. And then that brings us to the dark moon Yes, which is our last one in the lineup. So the dark moon is when the light of the moon has disappeared from view. So completely gone. Um, And I measure this as the three days before the moon's light is measured at around 0%. Um, so it's, uh, that, that 0% I don't mark as, um, a particular spot to work with energy. I do it the three days before for dark moon or the three days after for new moon. So it's, yeah, it's the three days before 0%. Um, that 0% I don't typically use. It's either the three days before with the dark moon or the three days after with the new moon. Um. So you have that window of time to play with it. And the actual 0% is kind of like a pause. Mm. You just like take a breath. You have a moment of respite. And you don't really need to do anything at 0%. Um, And the dark moon, you can kind of think of it like that waning moon energy on steroids. Um, It is really a stage of finality. And, like, of reckoning, you know? So um, this we would use to manifest, like, huge shifts in our consciousness. So things that were lit up by that full moon, things that you were like, oh, that is pretty ugly when I shine the light on it. um, Use dark moon energy as a way to say fucking goodbye, you know? That is, that is really time to clear House. Um, and it's it, it's appropriate and different. Um, it's appropriate to follow the waning moon. And it's different from the waning moon in that um, the waning moon is kind of like you have to make a mess so that you can clean a mess. The dark moon is like everything is going in the trash now. Mm. You know? Mm. Um, it's what kind of like agricultural analogy does that correspond so, to? This is when we let our fields winter. So uh, yeah, wintering of the field is is really key to getting a good set of crops depending on what you're growing. And I'm not going to get into, you know, agricultural specifics. You can uh, follow other people for that. But um, this is when we let things be empty Mm. and sort of um relish that emptiness and that void um because we really need we need empty space in our lives to have perspective and to bring in new things if you are bringing in something new and you don't have somewhere to put it it's gonna get lost so if you're doing that energetically, if you were trying to manifest something and your life is a cluttered mess, then you're not going to have anywhere to put it. And if it comes, you're not even going to notice it because mm. there's just too much around you. So it's, it's really key to, to have that, that empty space around you so that things can move in. Um, and it's just it's allowing new possibility. The other thing that's really important for dark moon work is it's a good time for protection. So if you are doing work around um, barriers, you know if you're if you're trying to be better at making your own barriers, it's a good time to find out where those boundaries lie because you've cleared everything else away. Mm, okay. Um. It's, it's also, it's for me a very important phase to work through and I will typically do dark moon work even if I'm not planning on starting something new on the new moon just because like we can be plagued by so much negativity that we can't even imagine what we could possibly grow. So if we are consistently every month doing dark moon work we can see where we have possibility to grow something new and decide if we actually want to um yeah it's for me dark moon dark moon magic is is huge right well you got all that scorpio energy so yeah
1: yeah that makes sense so now that we've gone through the moon phases um let's explain how this is going to correspond to our hopeful fingers crossed episode schedule. As long as, you
0: know, things can (laughs) stake out appropriately. Yeah. We talked,
1: I mean, we talked a bit about the full moon, but like, let's go phase by phase and talk about our plan for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So our schedule is going to, we're going to have weekly episodes that will be coming out with um, each moon phase. So we'll have an episode with the first quarter, an episode with the full moon, an episode with the last quarter, and then episode between dark moon and new moon. And- what our hope is is that topics that are new to us or new to you, things that um, haven't gotten a ton of attention or things that are just like newly developing, um, we will bring up all of these fun new topics during the first quarter episode. Um, during full moon episode, we talked about it a bit. We're going to use that as an um period of time to shine light on things that have been um sort of like swept under the rug or um aspects of mysticism that we really need to um bring to church, so to speak. So,
1: yeah. So you can expect probably to be a little triggered during full moon episodes, but like yeah. we expect that as well. Our yeah. entire goal here is really to like bring things to lights that all of us need to think
0: about and need to integrate and need to come to terms yeah. with. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Because so yeah. I mean like there's a lot of, of mysticism that is incredibly problematic. And so those, those topics where we're um, going to address these problematic topics or problematic approaches um, will typically be brought up on full moon. Um, the other thing that it will likely um, encompass during full moon is things that we're thankful for um, just because it is, you know, sort of like that bounty. Um, mm-hmm. So there may be a bit of a balance, you know, you might not necessarily always be, um, assaulted <laughs> in your <laughs> practices on the full moon. Um, you know, cause we yeah. do, we do want to have that, um, same balance of energy that we have for ourselves for, for these topics too. Yeah. Um, and then during the waning moon, um, typically we'll probably talk about things that we can, um, either let go of or things that, um, you know, anything that we're like trying to clear house in mysticism or, um, topics that are evolving, um, that one, the, the last quarter episodes will probably be, um, good episodes for, like, um, things that we need to heal. Mm topics that, that can use some healing, um, which will make sense after you know, full moon episodes where we really bring to light a lot of things that um, people don't, don't yet know about during the waning and um, on the third quarter episode, we can really talk about um, you know, practices to actually keep house clear. Yeah. And then Dark Moon and New Moon, because it's a period of six days between the two, we're going to keep that episode as one. And so we will probably mostly talk about things that um, we've learned together over the course of the month. And then we'll do some readings um, using tarot and then um, getting a little bit into astrology. Is this
1: going to uh, be our culture? Are we going to have culture? When's our culture episodes? Culture what else, TV music, whatevs. Oh, that's a good question. Um,
0: I would yeah. say culture episodes... I feel like they could fit into a variety of places. They could. I feel like we'll probably have um, a bit of a void for the last quarter um, as far as like moving from full moon energy and things that we're shining light yeah. on into like this detoxing. It's a good um, palate that, cleanser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it'll probably be a good palate cleanser to add a little bit of levity. Um, yeah. Yeah. We got some some cool
1: stuff then. Yeah, so that'll be the times, like, you'll want to tune in for those because they'll be fun. Book club, movie club. club.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, we'll be eventually going through, uh, you know, Harry Potter. All the things. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, all that sort of good cultural shit. I just Um, started
1: watching 90s Charmed. For the first time oh nice yeah, so i was like this is i was like i know this is gonna have to come up eventually so i'm just yeah. gonna start watching it now so yeah
0: um so yeah the the nice thing about the clearing house in the waning moon in the last quarter is that we're making space to like you know think about these things mm-hmm. um, so i think that that's appropriate to have there um, Yeah. And then, yeah, Dark Moon and New Moon will be more of like a check in for you and I to, you know, think about the last month, kind of give a preview for what's coming over the next month, and then do our readings for people. Yeah, yeah. So we'll give you guys some fun guidance, but we
1: have so many fun guests planned. I know that this is like one of our first episodes, but like the guests that we have on deck are something else. I'm so excited
0: yeah I know I can't wait and I can't wait for a lot of these topics that we've got lined up for you guys. There's so much juicy shit to talk about um, so yeah and that's that'll give you kind of a preview of our schedule. Yeah and you know if you have
1: topics in mind or things you have questions on like we want to hear it so you can email us directly at which please at millennialmysticspodcast.com we're also on instagram at millennial mystics we're on twitter at m mystics pod we're all over the place you can find us anywhere and we've got a website millennial so, yes which so, you heard that we'll see email. you there yes yeah all right enjoy the next episode bye guys bye, bye. Special thanks to Jack Silva for our dope-ass intro music, Lindsay Allman for
0: our transcendent logo and cover art, and Hope Clinton for her superb audio editing. Tune in every Friday for the latest episode, and don't forget to rate and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts.